Well, once again, welcome to week number four of our Don't Miss Moments in the Life of Jesus as we continue our journey to the cross and the empty tomb uh, during uh, our journey through the Gospel of Luke. The goat. My guess is if I ask you by a show of hands, how many of you know what that acronym stands for? The GOAT. A couple weeks ago, I was flying back from my vacation in Mexico, and I love some airplanes where you can actually have Wi-Fi on it, and you can watch uh, on your phone or on the, uh, uh, the screen in front of you uh, live sporting events. It's my way of getting through airplane travel. And I was watching the March Madness release of the brackets when all of a sudden everything stopped and paused because the GOAT was coming back. Now, you might not like it that Tom Brady is referred to as the GOAT because most of you are Packer fans and you're a little biased to your players, but most experts would call him that. You know why? Seven. The seven rings that he wears as a player in the NFL who plays the toughest position around. Seven Super Bowls more than any other player of all time in history. And while some people might like to argue it, most people wouldn't debate it. But then you get into other sports, and that acronym, the GOAT, is definitely debatable because there's a lot of subjectivity. Like take basketball, for example. Uh, if you're a person my age, uh, you would say Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Best player ever three championships in a row, two times with different players, never lost, ever, when he got to the NBA championship. But if you ask my son, it turns into a heated debate. Uh, he thinks that LeBron James would squash Michael Jordan. And then if some of you who are older, you would say, hey, have you ever heard of this guy named Wilt? Like, Chamberlain scored 100 points in a game. Pretty hard to accomplish that. And maybe we could talk about the goat when it comes to music, but that would probably get a little bit ugly depending on what kind of music you like and prefer and what era you're from. And, and Pastor Mike's in the back going, come on, Pastor Tim, like, drop it. It's Justin Bieber, no questions asked. <laughs> and to that, everybody said amen, right? And that could get a little ugly because you probably have thoughts on who the GOAT is when it comes to, to music or albums or artists. And, and I'm not even going to go down the path of arguing who the GOAT is when it comes to American presidents because fists might fly in here today. <laughs> Which all leads into our question that I want to wrestle with today and our don't miss moment from the life of Jesus. Because when we talk about greatness in our world today, a lot of people define it differently. And when it comes to Jesus, perhaps there's no person in all of human history who people have argued and debated on whether or not he was great, whether they believe it to be true, and, and why it's true. So when it comes to greatness, I, I want you to wrestle with this. We're going to dig into this. We're going to look at a don't-miss moment from Jesus' life to help get an answer of, of how it's defined for him. How do you define greatness? If you looked it up in a dictionary, you'd you'd find something like this. Greatness is defined as being larger than ordinary size or ability, being higher in degree or importance, 
as in skill, achievement, or power. Because here's the thing most of us would agree when it comes to how you define greatness. In those debates on who's the greatest, while there might be an argument, those people have all made the list because there's something very objective that you can see. Like for most people, they would say you know greatness when you see it. You call something and someone as great because of something they've done that's tangible. And while the debate on who the greatest might be is oftentimes subjective based on preference or eras, the, the objectivity of, of setting someone apart as, as being great, described as greatness, is fairly objective. And so today, as we dig into this section from Luke chapter 7, what I pray you leave with is two things. One, a very clear definition how we define greatness when it comes to Jesus. But also understanding why it matters. Why he's different than people who might have that title greatest of all time here on earth or in an area specialty. What sets him apart. And finally, why it matters for you. That this don't miss moment has a very important truth for your life and relationship with God. So journey with me back to the Gospel of Luke. We're going to see Jesus' life 2,000 years ago, approximately, uh, and an event that happened, a don't-miss moment, and when I pray that you'll, bless, that you'll be blessed in knowing what makes Jesus so great. Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 12 begin our story. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. Now, Nain was about five miles southwest of Jesus' uh, hometown of Nazareth. Uh, it was about 25 miles away from Capernaum, Jesus' headquarters for most of his ministry, up in the northern region of Galilee, not down in the south where Jerusalem was. These are the early years of, of Jesus' ministry, and, and Jesus doing what Jesus had become known to do. In fact, he told his disciples time and time again, uh, we have to take the gospel to different places, different cities, and and so Jesus is on the road traveling from one place to another. He's about to enter the city of Nain. And as he and that crowd approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. The only son of his mother. And she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. Now Jesus and this crowd, a large crowd, Luke records for us, are traveling from one city to another. They had just come from Jesus healing someone who had a fever. They had just probably heard Jesus delivering a, a message and a powerful sermon. And no doubt this large crowd moving along the road, uh, different people in different parts of it were having conversations. Like I can imagine some of the disciples talking off on one side to each other about the great thing that they had just seen Jesus do. And another group of people in there having a conversation about, did you hear what he said? How amazing was that? And, and I can imagine the... The volume was, was high, and, and the joy was real. But that large crowd coming into the city now met head-on a large crowd leaving the city that had completely different emotions in play. And there was nothing great about the scene that Jesus and this crowd encountered when they saw the crowd exiting with a dead body on a bier basically 
a coffin of sorts, a table that he was carried on, heading out of the city to be buried. I imagine the volume level came down from Jesus' crowd because the weeping, the wailing, the sadness of the other crowd was real. And let's just be honest, from an earthly perspective, there's nothing great about death. Like what Jesus and his crowd was encountering were, were people having lost someone near and, and dear to them. In fact, Luke records for us that this is probably about as bad as it could get. I mean, as a pastor, and I can speak for our other four pastors, no funeral is worse than when you are speaking to parents who are burying a child. Like, it's just not supposed to work that way. You're not supposed to outlive your kids. It's not the way it's supposed to go. And it's in that setting, as those two crowds converge on each other at the city gate, where Jesus steps in, and my friends, you don't want to miss the moment. Let's look at what happens next, as Luke records it for us. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Now, in those words, there are two don't miss moments. And I want you to see both of them. I'm going to unpack them because it matters for our definition of how we define greatness when it comes to Jesus Christ, what makes him truly great, greater than any person who's ever lived, the greatness of Jesus right in there. Maybe write them down to see if you can catch them. The odds are pretty good. There's one that you didn't miss. (laughs) It's exactly what Jesus did right there at the end. Jesus stops the crowd in the tracks, touches the bier, the, the coffin that the man is being carried out on, that platform, and, and Jesus did something that I've never seen anyone do at the death of a loved one. I mean, I've seen people talk to them. I've seen people weep. I've seen some people give their loved one a kiss for one final time, but I've never heard a single person in that moment say, get up, because they know they will not. And that's what makes this moment one that no one that day missed and one that we can't either. Because in that moment, Jesus speaks the words, says, get up, and the, the young man, the, the dead man, rises to life and Jesus says, mom, take your son home. And the crowd got it. They didn't miss it. Like, look at the crowd's reaction to what Jesus did in that moment. The crowd, after Jesus gives that child back to his mother, were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. And this news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Like, people had started hearing about Jesus Luke chapters 1 and 2 record his early childhood. Luke 3 records for us 
John the Baptist's arrival, Jesus' baptism. Chapter 4, we see his temptation. Chapters 5 and 6, he's doing some teaching. He's done some, a little bit of healing. He sent out and called some disciples. But, but now, in this moment, the crowd is recognizing, we've heard the rumors of, this man is a great prophet. In other words, what they're saying is, we can know and identify greatness when we see it. And yet they missed the moment just a little bit. Uh, they identified Jesus as a great prophet. A prophet maybe someone sent from God. But they missed the mark on what true greatness that was on display here was. Not just a prophet sent from God, but God himself. My guess is many who were in that crowd that day, some who were at Jesus and, and some who were in the funeral procession, when they saw this happen, when they saw Jesus touch that, that body, when they saw that, that young boy raised to life, they thought about another great prophet from some 700 years earlier. A man by the name of Elijah had done the same thing. He had healed a, a widow's son, her only son, which is why they maybe called Jesus a great prophet, but, but what Elijah did and what Jesus did were different. Like if you look at the story of the widow of Zarephath and Elijah and that, that boy being raised to life, Elijah three times called on God to step in and raise that baby, raise that boy. And you remember what was different about this don't miss moment of Jesus' life? Jesus didn't stop and pray and ask God to, to act. Jesus, as God, acted. Jesus is God. And in this moment, Jesus did something that only God can do. Like the greatness of God, if we want to use the world's definition, is doing something that, that no one else can do, having skills and attributes and, and carrying it out in a way that trumps everyone else. Well, my friends, there is no one ever who has lived who could do what Jesus did right there. Like doctors can revive someone whose heart has stopped with medicine and, and technique, but, but raising someone who is truly dead, and, and this young man would have been truly dead for days in, in that culture and era where a funeral goes on for, for several days as family and friends come together until you finally go out to the cemetery to bury them. Jesus in this moment revealed his greatness as God in performing this miracle. You see, when we talk about the goat in our world, we attribute it to stats and achievements and, and actions. And Jesus in this moment, the miracles of God, the things that he did that only God can do reveal just that. And and this, of all the miracles, my friends, trumps every other one because Jesus had power over death, the ability to give life. Which is why the crowd reacted with praise, which is why the psalm writer encourages Christians to do the same. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Can't understand it, can't comprehend it, can't even explain it because none of us are truly God. How could God do that? He's God. All he has to do is speak the words and it can happen. 
That's crazy. I can't get that. You're right. And that, my friends, in the flesh, that don't miss moment, revealed to the crowd, reveals to us Jesus' greatness. But that's not the only thing that defines greatness when it comes to Jesus. And it might be what you missed about that moment. The second don't miss moment in our text helps us define greatness when it, in regards to Jesus. It's verse 13. If you forgot it, here it is again. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. Like you might have missed in the moment those words because a moment later Jesus touched that beer and raised that boy. You might have missed in the moment that in verse 12, Luke records for us Jesus and the crowd we're going to name. In verse 15, Luke writes the word Jesus in reference to the person who, who gives the boy back to the mother. At the end, the word about the message about Jesus began to spread. But inspired by God, Luke in verse 13 changes the title for the one who's acting. And there's got to be a reason. And I don't want you to miss it. When the Lord saw her, the mother, the one whose heart was, was broken and breaking, the one whose life was turned upside down, the, the one who had lost her husband and now her, her only son, when the Lord saw her, his heart, his heart went out to her. And my friends, Jesus did something in that moment that we can't miss. It, it does reveal his greatness, but, but this also reveals what makes Jesus greatness and what defines greatness for Jesus differently than any other human being who's ever lived, different than almost anyone who's on the list of the goat, as the goat in any sport or in any field. Because here it's the Lord, the name for the one who saves, the name of God that reveals his heart for, for sinful human beings, the name of the one whose heart breaks and aches for people. Like almighty, all-powerful God, spoke words and everything came to be. Almighty, powerful God, Jesus, in that moment, simply said, get up. And that boy got up. But what makes Jesus' greatness different, it's not just what he did. It's part of it. What makes Jesus great is both the what, but what sets him apart in his greatness is also the why. Like Tom Brady has this crazy diet. Tom Brady goes through this ridiculously crazy workout regimen. Tom Brady stays in such great shape and, and practices day after day to be, to be great at his craft for Tom Brady. <laughs> like, he doesn't do it for Tim Glendy. <laughs> he doesn't win Super Bowls because of me or anybody else. He, he does it for him. Like greatness, defined by simply what you do, 
is, is normally what we view it as. It's very objective, but, but Jesus is different. His greatness is not just about the what, but it's even more importantly, the why. You and me. Oh, that woman on the street that day by the city gate of Nain, his heart, his heart goes out to, to sinful, broken human beings in their time of hurt, when they need help, when they're affected by sin or overcome by guilt. The greatness of, of Jesus is not just the what he did, but the why he did it. And no place reveals that more than another day when he was led outside of the city gate. And on that day, there would not have been anyone who had looked at Jesus and said, he's the greatest. Because bloodied and beaten, carrying a cross, it was the symbol of shame and the, the worst treatment anyone would get by the Roman government. Like the people out on the streets that day were not shouting how great he was. They were shouting, crucify him, kill him. And yet the night before, Jesus revealed why he was doing that and, and the why behind it. Jesus said this to his disciples on Thursday evening of Holy Week that took place, Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And while the world would have looked at it and said, that is not greatness, the what Jesus did that day in laying down his life had a big, huge why behind it. His love for you and me. In the same way that he, his heart went out to that woman that day at that gate, his heart went out to you and to me as he was nailed to the cross, as he was forsaken by God, as he said it was finished. Yes, Jesus, for you and for me, my friends, just like for the woman on that street that day, his heart has gone out for, to us. And the cross reveals his greatness, the what and also the why. And here's why Jesus' greatness and this miracle are life-changing for you and me. Three times in Jesus' ministry, three times, he stopped and he paused and he raised the dead. Like he did a lot of other amazing miracles that, that helped reveal his greatness. Like he changed five loaves of bread and two fish into a meal for 5,000 plus. He, he walked on water. He healed the deaf. He he allowed the blind to see. He, he healed 10 lepers and, and people with diseases that no one else could cure. And, and he changed their life forever. But three times Jesus did the great act of raising someone from the dead. The what? And every time there was a why. It's hard for, for breaking people. And I want you to hold on to that greatness because one day unless Jesus returns, returns sooner, you and I will face death. That not-so-great moment. You and I will, will go through having to maybe bury someone we love and there'll be brokenness and hurt. 
But I want you to remember our definition of Jesus' greatness. It's not just about the what he did, but the why he did it. The greater love is knowing than this is selfless love that laid down his life for you and me so that we might cross over from death to life one day. That because of Jesus and his greatness, both the what and the why, you know what will happen to you one day? What makes him stand apart and be on a level of the greatest of all time in a different way than anyone who's ever lived? He'll do that same very thing for you and me. Because the one who left that city not looking so great rose three days later to reveal his greatness. He has power over death. He has power over the grave. He has power over death. Three times he raised someone. He himself was raised from the dead. He raised himself back to life. And one day, my friends, he will raise you and I to life. The greatness of Jesus will take us, even when we breathe our last, right to the gates of heaven and into his open arms where we will spend eternity. And that's why I want you to hold on to that definition of greatness, why Jesus is so different. Jesus himself told us that in these words from John's gospel. I want to leave them with you because he reveals it. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. Greater things, Jesus said, for just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but is crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. The greatness of God, my friends, for you and for me, just like for that man that day in, in our future, Jesus' greatness leads to greater things for you and for me. It leads to life with God for you and for me. It means that one day, one day, Jesus will raise Adam and Noah and every person who has ever lived and believed in Jesus from the dead, put their bodies back together and give them life and their bodies will be glorious. Jesus' greatness, the, the living one, will lead to greater things for you and for me. which is what Martha knew after her brother died. She said, Lord, I know you can do all things. You can raise people from the dead. And Jesus told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never, will never, will never die. You might stop breathing here, but never die. Move from life to life. And you know why that's only possible? Because of the what and the why that makes Jesus great. Like we can debate who's the greatest of all time in music or politics or, or any sport that you want to mention. But on the streets of Nain that day, what Jesus did leaves no doubt about his greatness. And that don't miss moment has given us a don't ever forget definition. What makes Jesus great is both the what and the why.
and that's you. And that'll lead to greater things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, like you have defined for us in that don't miss moment of Jesus that day, true greatness, a miracle, something only God can do. Sadly, sometimes, Lord, we misuse that word. Like we call things miracles that maybe aren't. But on the streets that day, Jesus, you revealed your greatness. And not just in the what you did, because that is great. But the why is what sets you apart. That saving God, the, the God of mercy, the Lord, the one who saves. Your heart goes out to hurting people. And your heart stopped that day on the cross for us, hurting people. There is no greater love that the world has ever known than the person who laid down his life so that we might be called your friends. Or let us hold on to this moment to see the de definition of your greatness and to always cling to the why. Because Jesus' greatness will lead to greater things for all who believe in heaven for eternity. We pray these things, Lord, in your powerful name. Amen.